0: Welcome back to the Magnolia Media Podcast, part of the Magnolia Media Network. I'm your host, Jonathan M. Bruggero. Well, Trump's a loser again, this time in the appeals court in Washington, D.C., with a unanimous decision to uphold Judge Tanya Chutkin's carefully tailored gag order. Now, that's surprising for a couple of reasons. Number one, he is a major party candidate at this point and will more than likely be the Republican nominee for president. Secondly, three of those 11 judges were Trump appointees. Oh my God! Okay, it's happening. We can only hope that the Supreme Court has the same rationale. Speaking of the Republican Party at large for a moment, we'll shift our focus down to the Southwest down to Arizona, where Carrie Lake, remember Carrie Lake? You remember Carrie Lake? Wait a minute. Who are you? The goofball who ran for governor in 2022 and still hasn't conceded the fact she lost that race. Well, now she's running for Senate. And she has blackmailed the head of the Arizona Republican Party which is bankrupt at this point, if I'm not mistaken. Last report was that they had something like $90,000 left in the state coffers in a presidential election year. Apparently, Kerry recorded some phone conversations with herself and Jeff DeWitt, now the former head of the Arizona Republican Party, and has been Editing, sending little snidbits bits out to her friends at the extreme right-wing media here in the United States. Making it pretty clear that she's blackmailing him out of the job. I'm about to end this man's whole career. She believes she's, you know, awesome. Wow. I guess she's walking all over anyone who gets in her way, at least within the Republican Party. But in general elections, she's poison. So as much as it makes my stomach hurt to say this. Thanks, Carrie. Now, back to Trump for a moment as he again threatens Nikki Haley. After making fun of the way she dresses, which we could all kind of make fun of the fact Donald Trump wears a tie so long he could wipe his rear end with it. looks absolutely goofy. He threatened her by saying that if she were in his position atop the Republican primary that she would be indicted within 15 minutes. He's already said she'd better drop out of the race before it's too late. And I posed the question, too late for what, Donnie? FBI, open up! Is that Uh, threatening a hit or something. I mean, you sound more and more like a mobster every day and you love comparing yourself to Alphonse Capone. It's just Al Capone, Donald. It's just Al Capone. Dementia Jay. As it becomes more and more apparent that there really is something going on with old dementia j trump whether it's dementia or the side effects of untreated syphilis which would explain the sores on his hands because none of us believe that that's red marker ink from signing women's chests so he's basically saying that ronda DeSantis and vivek ramaswamy and tim scott up there smiling ear to ear shaking hands with this guy whose hands look like they've been in a swamp or something. Ron DeSantis, after finishing second in Iowa, saying he would not bend a knee and kiss the ring, did exactly that two days later. So now he can go back to tormenting the poor people of Florida. However, those same poor people did elect the asshole. So the man who looks like it hurts him to smile can go back to doing what he does best. The Republican Party is really tearing itself apart at this point. As more and more states' Republican parties show weakness, they don't have any money left. And it's really embarrassing for Arizona We have to remember that Arizona was the state that gave us the late, great Senator John McCain, without whom the Affordable Care Act would have been thrown out in 2018. A man who was a war hero. And even Senator Jeff Flake, who was at least a man of reason, even if I disagree with him on 99% of policy. He wasn't an insane person. He was just a conservative i happen to be a liberal that's okay what's going on in maggotland is not okay an insurrection is not okay. okay being on trial in washington dc awaiting the supreme court's decision or rather the appellate court's decision before it goes to the supreme court's decision on whether or not a president has absolute immunity while in office and could, in fact, send SEAL Team 6 to kill his political rival. No! God, please, no! The absurdity of that is exactly how it sounds. Joining other state Republican parties with financial troubles include Colorado, Michigan, and Arizona. And according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, while... The state Republican Party of Georgia still has about $1.4 million in the coffers. Thus far, they spent $340,000 defending the fake electors. We remember the fake electors, right? The ones who got indicted in Fulton County? The ones who were supposed to replace the real electors and go cast their ballot for Donald Trump against the will of the people of Georgia? Yeah, the Republican Party is having to fit the bill for that. And so far, it's $340,000. As Fonnie Willis gears up for actual trial, who knows how much money they might end up spending just defending their own while they essentially eat each other. We see blackmail going on in Arizona, so we know things aren't exactly going well. Oh, and again... We've got Mango Mussolini threatening another Republican for challenging him, for challenging his supremacy over his party, because it's his, a rational Republican or rational conservative. And keep in mind, Nikki Haley is not a rational Republican. This is an extreme conservative. I would still use the term conservative to describe her, but she's an extreme conservative at least by pre-2016 standards. Again, with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, we have to remember just how important local journalism is. And at least they were willing to report on this particular scenario going on in Georgia. So, nice job, maggots. Nice. As much as you repulse me, we do appreciate you corrupt buffoons making this much easier for we Democrats. Now back to Trump's attack on Nikki Haley for a moment. Trump claims that while running against her, he's running against the former governor of Iowa. The f- Now there hasn't been a major party candidate f- for president from Iowa since 1912. This from the same man who thinks World War II hasn't happened yet and would most definitely get us into World War III if he were reelected and would definitely let Russia just take the nation of Ukraine. We know that. Meanwhile, the mainstream media is bending over backward to both sides, of this country, right off the fascist cliff. I mean, my goodness, they're still calling Marjorie Trader Green a conservative. She's just She's just a conservative Republican from Georgia. She's not absolutely out of her mind. She's not a threat to democracy. She's not a threat to everything we hold dear. She's just a an extreme conservative. I mean, a far right-wing conservative. Right? Wrong. She's a fascist, plain and simple. We need to start using that language to describe these people. Again, the journalists on major news outlets, especially those on cable news, who just hope and pray they're not dying. Are we dying? Can we go back to 2003 or 2004? Oh, hell, the 90s would be great when people didn't have an option. But to listen to us, well, now they do have options. They have options like us here at the Magnolia Media Network to tell them how it really is. This is a fact. This is a man who said he will throw out the Constitution, dismiss it for a while, be a dictator, but only for a day. And the mainstream media reports it as if he's simply a conservative or allowing him to come on the air doing interview without fact-checking him or even having a little banner at the bottom, you know, That reports this is not true, you know, because the guy can't open his mouth without telling a lie. Now he's covered in orange spray paint, Rust-Oleum number 10, I guess, sweaty, with postules on his hands. The syphilis must be really setting in, especially to threaten your political opponent in a primary, which means she's also in the same party as you with the Department of Justice if you're elected. Well, I can say this. We're going to do everything in our power to make sure you don't get elected. And we appreciate Nikki actually challenging you and standing up to you, even though, well, to be fair, she's a little bit of a lunatic too. But to threaten her with your Department of Justice and to say she'd better be careful, she better not wait too long, apparently... Like I said last time, she has bigger balls than the three men who dropped out of the race just before her. Combined. (laughs) boy. Ron DeSantis said he would not take a knee and kiss the ring after placing second in Iowa, only to do exactly that two days later. Vivek Ramaswamy didn't waste any time after the Iowa caucus either. He dropped out immediately. And what did he do? give a full-throated support of Donald Trump. Why were you people wasting time and money? Why were you even bothering? You never went after Trump on stage. You you never said a word. And then as soon as you get the floor cleaned with you, as soon as Trump absolutely wipes you out, then you run to his aid. You run to his side. You endorse him. Even Tim Scott Turning against the governor of his own state, former governor of his own state of South Carolina. No support for her whatsoever. Endorsing Trump, standing on stage, shaking hands, ugh, with that guy. I hope he had some sanitary wipes somewhere on on hand because the syphilis is really starting to show. I'm starting to think it might be syphilis more than dementia, because I've seen dementia up close. And uh, well, Trump is rambles off at the mouth too much for dementia. Uh, the syphilis thing is—I'm starting to get convinced of that. But the media, both sizing this thing to protect their bottom line, is well pathetic, and the hosts of these various shows getting ratings in the twenty or thirty thousand. That's people who put the TV on mute and forgot what channel it's on because they're playing with their phones. Twenty-five or 30,000 people watching a show at night. I mean, running through anchors who will actually stand up for something. I mean, when Mehdi Hassan lost his job at MSNBC, we realize MSNBC should have a monopoly on liberal news, but they don't because they refuse to. They refuse to get rid of people like Joe Scarborough, I hate to say it because it's the closest thing we have to liberal news, but that is the worst morning news report on the air on television in the United States, at least among the major companies, MSNBC, CNN, Fox propaganda network, putting profits over good journalism. That's what they're doing. That's what they've done. For the last eight years, they've given this monster credibility by calling him a Republican or very conservative instead of what he actually is, fascist. A conservative would not add $8 trillion to the deficit with an irresponsible tax cut for the wealthiest 1% of Americans, would they? I mean, they're supposed to be deficit hawks. These MAGA Republicans are only deficit hawks when it comes to things that Americans deserve and pay for, like Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, SNAP benefits so that people can starve to death. We already reported last week during the little cold snap about 27 Tennesseans freezing to death. Now they want us to starve too. On a positive note, President Biden got the full-throated support of the UAW and the UAW's President Sean Fain, who had a line I absolutely loved in his speech in Washington, D.C. yesterday when he said, enough with the age bullshit. I agree. And thank you, Mr. Fain, for your extremely effective work with the UAW, getting new contracts, getting some of the things back they lost after the crash of 2008 when the automobile industry in the United States nearly went away. My cohort here is too young to remember just how dramatic all of that was and how close to the edge we really came from not having Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ford, Lincoln, or any of the products made by GM. Chevrolet, GMC, Cadillac, etc. They were saved because the workers were willing to take less pay. They were willing to start for less money. And they were willing to cut back on what they expected after they retired. This endorsement feels different than the typical union endorsement as well. Especially if you watched or listened to a tape of Biden's speech and Sean Fain's speech at the UAW rally in Washington, D.C. on Wednesday. It was fiery. The crowd yelling, Joe, 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 which is a really good sign. Because the UAW across the Midwest in states like Michigan and Illinois and Ohio and Wisconsin, really important states, especially Michigan and Wisconsin, part of the blue wall, has 400,000 active members. 400,000 active members who got a raise in pay, an increase in benefits, and more protections for when they retire, and full-throated support from the President of the United States, Joseph R. Biden. In fact, Joe Biden was the first sitting president in U.S. history to join a picket line of any kind. While Donald Trump did go to an auto manufacturing plant, a non-union shop. So who was he actually there for? Management? Because back in 2008, Donald Trump said that the union was really costing the big three automakers. He blamed the employees for the irresponsibility and bad investing by the auto manufacturers, by the big three. Now, instead of importing everything, American manufacturing starting to come back a little bit. Fourteen million jobs created in the three years Joe Biden has been president of the United States, a record. Eight hundred and fifty thousand manufacturing jobs have returned to the United States. We're beginning to go back to build American and buy American. And we have, in large part, leaders like Sean Fein, and politicians like President Joe Biden to thank for that. It certainly wasn't Donald Trump. Donald Trump blamed the UAW workers. He didn't support them. He didn't even show up this summer at all, except to a non-union shop to praise the benefits of not working in a union and making on average 10 to $12 an hour less than unionized workers, not having any of the protections like sick days and all those other things, you know, that are really important. And in more news, John Stewart is back at The Daily Show. Ten years ago, that would have been a big deal. But uh, how many people even remember that The Daily Show still on the air? I don't know who's hosting it. We know that Noah left some time back. And that Noah was really known more for you know, his reels, his TikToks, the moments from the show. Not the entire show itself. And it's heyday. It got better ratings than CNN, MSNBC or Fox News. And it wasn't even real news. It's a joke. It's a hoax on the news. It's a parody. It's satire. And John has been really, really good at it. He'll be back as host on Monday and full time executive producer of the program. Although they haven't announced who the full-time host is going to be, and I don't have cable, somebody would have to tell me, because I cut the cord a long time ago. You get everything you need on streaming these days. It was a really good idea. This all happening after John's show on Apple TV Plus was canceled, mysteriously. Imagine it probably because he was about to start going after tech companies and... Apple being, well, the tech company of all tech companies, had to cut that show. So back to Comedy Central for John. Where, honestly, I wish him well. John has been a major advocate for a lot of Democratic positions. He's also been a big supporter of veterans, veterans health care, and of the 9-11 first responders. I'm old enough to have remembered 9-11 in all of its horror. And in the last few years, they had completely been left behind. All of the different illnesses and ailments that affected their health were being ignored by the federal government. Insurance wouldn't cover it or they didn't have the money to cover it. People were dying from cancers that they got while helping save lives and then helping clean up the rubble left behind when the Twin Towers fell. And in the months and years after that, while the new tower was built, or before the new tower was built, many of them got ill. And John was there for them, helping them pass the PACT Act to make sure veterans and first responders are taken care of, especially when they respond to the greatest national tragedy of all time. So, welcome back, John. We hope you have a wonderful return to Comedy Central, and perhaps you'll start doing the show more than one day a week, if it's worth the time. I'm not sure that it is, but just in case it is. And finally, NPR reports, Michigan parents of the Oxford teenager mass shooting that happened in 2021 who left guns laying around and made them available to their teenage son so that he could go on a shooting rampage. Well, they took care of him already. He got life without the possibility of parole back in, 2022. However, it had been up in the air whether or not the parents would face manslaughter charges over that whole ordeal. They are, and the trial is going forward in Michigan. What do you think, Logan? So if the parents leave the guns laying around, and a teenager, a young person who has asked for help, who has had serious mental disturbances in the past and instead was given a gun should they be liable in some way absolutely absolutely if you didn't hear that clearly absolutely so they're facing manslaughter charges and will likely spend time in prison themselves alabama is experimenting with a new death row drug they're set to use it tonight this is being recorded on Thursday, January 25th. So if everything goes to plan, Alabama may have found a new lethal injection drug. Something to be first at the nation at other than college football. Way to go, Alabama. Finding new ways to kill people. And President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris appeared in Virginia to speak about reproductive rights. Now, We know this is a winning issue for Democrats. We know that. We need a law that protects a woman's right to choose. We need rid of these draconian laws in states like Florida and Texas, which are trying to force women to carry babies that have already passed or that might kill them, and they're having to leave the state to get care. Doctors are terrified of being sued, losing their license, or being brought up on criminal charges for family planning. It's absolutely outrageous and the fact the Supreme Religious Court of the United States because the only thing they seem interested in protecting is religion and religious rights, religious freedom above all other freedom. It's the only thing that matters. When really we're supposed to be free from religion in the United States. It's right there in the First Amendment. But again, this new crop of extreme Republicans, especially the ones like Clarence Thomas, who are clearly for sale and has taken more than $800,000 in what I call bribes from a billionaire named Harlan Crow who's had plenty of business in front of the court. He didn't even feel the need to report it because there's nothing governing the behavior of Supreme Court justices. I guess it was just assumed that they would behave like more responsible human beings given their incredible responsibility. But not Clarence Thomas. He doesn't feel he did anything wrong. He likes putting out that image of being just a simple guy who likes to travel around the country and Park in Walmart parking lots in his RV with his wife and terrorist Jeannie Thomas. The things she said and did during the January 6th attack on the Capitol are repulsive. And hopefully, in a second term, the Department of Justice under Joe Biden will have an opportunity to take a look at Jeannie Thomas, be damned whoever her husband is, Or how long he's set on the Supreme Religious Court. And also, this court has to be fixed. Expand the court, President Biden, and Democrats in the Senate. When we have control of government again, we have to expand this court to get rid of this monopoly of insane religious zealots. From Amy Coney Barrett to Clarence Thomas all the way to John Roberts. I mean, people who have gutted the the Voting Rights Act, who gutted the Civil Rights Act, who threw out Roe v. Wade, letting every state decide. So now there's some law on the books in 26 states limiting or completely eliminating a woman's right to choose, even if the child is going to kill her. So Life matters as long as it's in the womb. It's not actually out here causing problems for Republicans and these extreme religious conservative fascists as long as it's in the womb. Also, I want to congratulate Doug Emhoff. I mean, he's the first ever second gentleman because Kamala Harris is the first ever female vice president. He has been he's been really great. Take he's taken it on the chin, all the jokes, and I'm sure the ribbing that he gets from friends from time to time. But hopefully soon enough, we'll see our first first gentleman, because this country desperately needs a female president. If not twenty twenty eight, then soon. And from all of us here at Magnolia Media. I think I've done about all the damage I can do. Again, I'm your host, Jonathan M. Ruggiero. Today's episode was engineered and produced by Logan Ramsey. Nice. And technical support from Courtney Halstead. So, until next time, be well.